thank you for visiting Open Life today. We're glad that you took time out of your busy week to join in with our service. If you're listening online or through the Open Life Church app, I need to point out two things for your benefit. The first is that we have our notes conveniently placed for you to follow along with the passages and points mentioned in the talk. The second thing I would like to point out is our connection card. If you fill this out while you are listening, it not only lets us know you visited us today, but also allows you to communicate any prayer requests you may have. We will be sure to take time to pray for them during the course of the week. If you are listening on iTunes, you can always visit us online or download the Open Life Church app to get in contact with us. Wherever or however you are with us today, we are glad that you are here. Now let's join today's talk. Uh, we're uh, excited to jump into the, the second portion here of our part 11 of the Luke series. We've been walking through the book of Luke verse by verse. I actually mapped it out today to see when the finish line is in this uh, series, and I won't tell you in fear that you're afraid to go that long. No, I'm just kidding. It's Labor Day weekend, actually, is when we'll land on a, a finish of this. Potentially, um, that's, that's like taking some serious, aggressive approaches at massive sections of Scripture, but uh, I'm excited because I, I wanted to see uh, just where we were going to land, and it's been a fun growth stage. We're here halfway, but before I jump into Luke 11, I wanted to to share something with you uh, of a way that you can engage. Maybe you weren't here last week for the first part of the series, and, and, and there's a couple ways to, to catch up if you ever desire. If you're not able to make it, you can go onto the website and, and click on the series logo on the front screen or go to our, our message archive and, and watch any of the, or listen to any of the talks there. We don't have a video up there. But um, you can also check it out on this resource. Watch the screen here. One of the questions we're always asking is how can Open Life help people connect, serve, and share not only with God, but with other people as well? That's why today we're excited to introduce to you the Open Life Church app. The Open Life Church app is your one-stop shop for everything Open Life. On Sundays, you can use the Open Life Church app to have access to your worship guide, this week's notes, and to digitally fill out your connection card. During the week, you can use the app to listen to talks that you may have missed in the past or to review the notes from Sunday, or even send us a prayer request or connect with us during the week. Finally, you can give through the app safely and securely with all major credit cards, or you can do recurring gifts through ACH transactions so that you can automate the important in your life. So what can you do? Download the app today by going to the App Store and searching Open Life Church. You can do this on all Apple, Android, or Windows mobile phones. Is the Open Life Church app the answer to all of life's problems? No, but it might be close. We're just so excited for the potential that this tool has to not only impact your life, but the lives of those around you as well. Very fun. So we're, we know that not everybody has a smartphone, and you don't have to have a smartphone. You can still be a dumb phone person, right? And that is totally good. But for those who do have a phone, we've, we've grown uh, that, that has mobile capabilities or digital capabilities. We've, we've become accustomed to want to use that for everything in our world today. Uh, upwards of 60% of the traffic on our websites is from mobile traffic. 
Um, you know, people give through mobile devices in a lot of different ways, and now people are paying with mobile devices, which you can do through our app. So it's just like, you know, trying to figure out how to uh, connect with you in your normal spaces is one of our priorities to equip you to lead people into a growing re- relationship with Jesus, put the tools in your hands to better help you be effective with your friends and uh, family. And, and so I wanted to walk through just a little bit. That was an express version. Uh, Jaden, phenomenal job with that video. That's good. I don't even know how you did that. And so that, I love it when things like that happened. It, it was like all moving and stuff. Pretty sweet. So the first screen you come to when you open this is a welcome screen. And I'll just do a brief rundown of it for, for, to help you know how to use it. For those of you who are used to using apps, you know it's not like a website. There's no home screen. There's just kind of backwards, forwards, and you can go deeper in it. And this app has more information than our website within it if you so desire. You could read about everything at Open Life inside this deal. Uh, and it, so, you know, if you went to the welcome screen, the first tab on the top is Worship. That shows you everything that's happening here today. Like you could, your worship guide is in there, the same information that's in the little worship guide that we handed you. The connection card's in there. You can fill out a prayer request. You can, um, you can give right there. You can see the fill-ins already filled in. And by the way, if any of you are mobile geniuses in the room and you know how to create a mobile fill-in, the blanks form, uh, we've yet to discover one that actually functions the way that we would desire to. So talk to me afterwards. And I'd uh, love to connect with you on that. But the next tab over uh, is new here. And you, you can kind of see inside that, that first tab that, that new here has got everything you would want to know, our beliefs, our values, our cultures. Uh, and there's another tab that describes everything you need to know about kids and students. And then... Uh, down at the bottom, if you move to the, to the right, the talks are there. Uh, and literally, all of our audio, all of the, the notes, the connection cards are all right there inside this uh, talks portion. Um, uh, it's updated every Sunday afternoon. As soon as we have the audio edited and online, this will go live for the day's talk. So during the week, you can listen if you missed. Um, and then there's a connect tab. This is where you'll find groups, events, sign up. Uh, sign up for like, if you want to be on a serve team here, let's say the serve team set up and tear down, hint, hint. Anyway, so, uh, but you can, you know, if there's any passions you have, gifts you have that you want to use, you could do that by signing up there, prayer requests again. And I, I love the share your story. Man, if you have a story to share. If you had an interaction and, and you saw yourself living out the mission and values of the church in some way, shape, or form, maybe you connected with someone in a, in a way that was really cool and, and you just want to make it known so we can celebrate with you, uh, share your story. One of the things we want to increase is testimony videos and different things, so share your story with us. And there's a way to do that right there inside a sweet little form. And then there's the giving tab. If you're confused, like, why do churches talk about giving and stuff? If you needed to know anything about giving, all the contents on the giving tab there, it'll explain it. Uh, one little note in the giving area, uh, we're, we're, we're transitioning. For those of you who have been around Open Life for a while, we've used as a database this platform called The City. We're walking away from that. Uh, we're now entering into actually 
a new tool that we'll be rolling out. We're releasing a new website soon. You pull one string and all of them are pulled. Our current website's not very mobile friendly, so if you're going to in- be introduced to Open Life through the app, you want to be able to go to the website seamlessly as well. So uh, we're going to walk away from the city, which means we needed a new giving platform and we need a new kids check-in platform. So all of that is going to be rolling out in the coming weeks. In the middle of this week, um, all forms of payment will be able to be given through this app. But today through Wednesday, it's only ACH. So if you're trying to give and it's not working today without your checking account, that's why. Uh, it's, a, it's a program called Push Pay that we're using, and they are very proud of the fact that you can give in under 10 seconds. And so uh, that's just a little interesting deal there. And then finally, uh, the More link connects you to all of our social platforms as well as anything else we need to toss out there that is more. When you first download the app, it'll ask if you want push notifications. Say yes, because if we ever have an opportunity that's in the middle of the week, we can let you know via that. Uh, the website, Facebook, it'll push out to all those and it'll give you a little boop note right there on your phone. So we're kind of excited about just being able to engage a little more actionable during the course of the week and increase the effectiveness of our giving platforms to make it more friendly for the user, which is you and me. And, uh, and then as well, the, there's some really cool uh, capabilities with both the app and the new website when it comes to blogging and equipping you with additional uh, teaching during the week, which we'll begin to do as soon as our new website is up, and as well as ministering to the different communities that we're going to be in as we launch additional campuses, and uh, really excited about that, and, and I can't say too much there because there's too much to say. Okay, moving on. Uh, so finally, uh, uh, we're, we're into the talk for today, but I wanted to let you know the different ways that you could access and interact with that cool tool. Interesting, we, we, we let the people at Open Life 101 in on the app last weekend, and, uh, and then as well it went you know, live on the different platforms during the course of the week, and we were kind of waiting for that digital giving piece to catch up so that we could help people automate the important. And what ended up happening was... Uh, like somehow 45 different people downloaded this app during the course of the week. They heard about it, including someone from every platform. There's actually somebody who owns a Windows phone, and they downloaded the app. And it's cool that we could see all that. People were listening to the talks this week, and we were able to engage with the digital audience. So just another way to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Wow, isn't that fun? It's kind of fun. I kind of decided about see what the Lord does with that platform. Who knows? We've just kind of said, okay, Lord, we see where the world is at, and we want to do everything to make Jesus known. We want people to experience Jesus. We're all in process, but boy, if we could get more out there just so people could encounter Jesus, then boom. So, uh, Lord, bless that tool. So, today we're talking about others. No, we're not really talking. <laughs> we're just going to talk about others today. I'm glad you're here because I got some good info on them. No, we're talking in Luke 11. Uh, we read last week about uh, an incredible miracle that happened. Jesus was with a bunch of people, and, and there was a, a, a man there who was possessed with a demon, and Jesus cast this demon out. The demon was mute. 
therefore, this person had been mute their whole life. And Jesus casts this demon out of the gentleman, and he begins to speak for the first time. People are like, mind blown, right? But not everybody. There was another group there that were like accusing Jesus of, man, if you're going to do this to a person, they went from not talking to talking and like a demon came out of this person, you're a demon. You know, so they blamed Jesus like, you're the devil and this is bad. You know, you did this by the power of Satan. And, and so we addressed that last week. You could listen to that talk online or on the app. And so then we, uh, you know, didn't talk last week about the third group of people. You had the amazed group of people, the accusers, and then you had the asking. Those that were asking for a sign, Luke eleven sixteen said, others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. So they were asking for a sign from heaven. I mean, so Jesus, this guy talked for the first time in his life Jesus did this in the name of, of God, right? And yet they're like, eh, impress us. You know, so did, how could you, the guy's never talked, and I just got a demon out of him, and you're not impressed. Unbelievable, right? So I'm, I'm shocked about this group, but listen to what he teaches them in verse 29 of Luke 11, our text for today. The crowds increased, Jesus said, or as the crowds increased, Jesus wasn't going, hmm, yep, the crowds increased. No, that's not how it worked. Let's go back to the first word. As the crowds increased, Jesus said, this is a wicked generation. It asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The queen of the south will rise at the judgment of the people of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here, and the men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with the generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. Thus, the title for today, something greater, something greater. Jesus is the sign. Jesus is love come down from heaven, the very finger of God doing a miracle, as we'll read in a second. Jesus is the sign, and they don't get it. Greater than the wisdom of Solomon, greater than the warnings of Jonah and the sign of Jonah, Jesus has performed unbelievable miracles up to this point, and the people have heard of it, which is why they were in the room in the first place, because they saw him give sight to the blind, raise the dead, cast out legions of demons. They've seen and heard the stories, but they're still demanding a sign. Jesus is the very finger of God, the kingdom of God come to man, but yet they still lived in doubt and demanded a sign. I see two things in the text that I really wanted to hone in on today, and, and, and the first is temptation, and the second is truth. So the temptations that the people who demanded a sign 
we're facing, I really believe we're birthed in fears. When filled with doubt, we're tempted to demand a sign because of the fear of process. The first fear, fear of process. We're filled with doubt because we don't know how this is going to play out. We don't, it's the fear of the unknown that's around the corner. It's the fear of actually faith walking, stepping out in an area we're unfamiliar with. It's uncomfortable. It's unknown. And, and if you're like many, many other people out there in the world, we want to calculate our next step. What if you're not supposed to be able to? Fear of process, which then leads to when facing our insecurities, we're, we're tempted to need more proof, right? And that, that's birthed out of the fear of failure. Not only do you need to know the process, but the second, second fear that kicks in if you don't know the process is, well, how do I know I'm not going to fail? Because not many of us like to look bad to others. There's a large segment personality-wise in, in the world we live in that will do anything to not fail. Like that's the biggest fear. But yet we know failure is just a stepping stone towards the future. And, and, and it, we learn from our failures, hopefully. Run, don't pass. Just saying. It's free. Um, you know, that's, there still, I haven't healed from the Super Bowl. I don't know if you have. How? Tell me. Share later. But, you know, just like, you know, it's just fear of failure. It's this, man, I don't want to do this again. But I could either use that as a stepping stone to learn and not make the same mistake again, or I could just not learn from it. Failure is necessity if you want to move forward in life. And then there's the fear of being wrong. When we have to truly step out in faith, we're tempted to hold out until the action is so calculated. Because what if we thought we were supposed to start something, we start it, and then we realize, okay, yeah, I didn't hear God. That was kind of my own desires. And I was wrong. And that's something that a lot of people struggle admitting. I love how Paul says he's boasting all the more in his weaknesses instead of his strengths, right? Weaknesses relate to others. Strengths impress. And so if he says, if I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast all the more about my weaknesses. And I think we need to be more comfortable with just saying, my bad. I was wrong. Now, given my personality, I've become increasingly familiar with this phrase, that I'm wrong. In fact, in marriage, it's an absolute necessity to know this phrase. In relationships, period, I'm wrong. But these three fears, fear of the process, fear of failure, fear of being wrong, could lead very quickly to us demanding another sign. But when is proof going to be proof enough? At some point in time, each of us are going to have to get to the place in our life where we just have to step out in faith and say, okay, Jesus, for certain, you're the Son of God, and I will follow you. The author Luke is trying to get us to that place in recording these stories in the sequence in which they are being recorded for you and I to get to the place where we can say, Jesus, you're the Son of God, 
and I will follow you. Luke 12, 54 through 59 says this. Jesus said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How, it, how is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you are going with your um, adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled on your way, or your adversary may drag you off to the judge. And the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Okay, now you have to connect it to the parallel verse in Matthew 16 for this to make sense. Here we go. Matthew 16, 1 says, The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested Him by asking Him to show them a sign from heaven. Okay, back to a sign. He replied, when evening comes, you say, I will be, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today, it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. What does all this have to do with our passage today? The sign. They can see signs in the weather. They can see signs in the sunset and the sunrise. They can see signs that they're going to be thrown in jail when they're on their way to solve a problem. Why can't they see that Jesus is right with them in present time? The one the audience he's talking to has been searching for him and waiting for him and praying for him for generations expecting Him. They knew the prophecies of the Old Testament, and they're sitting here right in front of Jesus, and He's like, you look at me, but you don't see me. Therefore, no other sign is going to be given to you that's going to be good enough. And He leaves them. I don't want to be in that seat. I don't want to be the one having an opportunity to experience Jesus and move along in the process of faith and and discover more about God and not see it because I just choose to stick in my ways, not step out in faith. I don't know. So what are the truths here in our text today? Because Jesus is making it clear, we've got all the signs we need inside the text. So what are they? How do they they play out? And here we go. Truth number one, Jesus is greater, He says. Jesus is greater. The kingdom of God is here. So Luke 11.20 says this, we read last week, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. One greater has come, we see here in our text, greater than the sign of Jonah. What's the sign of Jonah? There's two thoughts on this. I'll I'll toss both of them at you just so you can kind of make sense of this. For those of you who don't know this, there's a book of Jonah in the Bible. This is a story filled with like some, some awesome 
Well, we'll read some of it here in a moment. But this guy who did not want to go share the gospel to a people who were just immoral and, and, and not living according to God. And this guy wanted to live according to God. And he was kind of mad at God that he was called to go to these people and not just be around righteous people all the time. And, and so he's in rebellion with the call of God on his life. And so this happens. Jonah 1.17 the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. We read passages like this to our children at night, and sometimes we kind of put it in storybook fashion in our mind, but the Bible's very literal here. He was swallowed by a fish. And then he was spit out as a sign to, no, go to Nineveh. Jonah still kind of wrestled with this. and So not only the first thing that could be the sign of Jonah was the fish, right? Could be Jonah that, that Jesus was speaking of. Hey, a fish swallowed a person who lived for three days and three nights so that they would fulfill the call of their life. How could you get a greater sign than a fish, right? No greater sign will be given than that. So you know, that's one way of looking at it. The other is... The fact that Jonah actually did eventually present the gospel to Nineveh, and they repented. We'll read about that in a second. But I look here and go, those were two signs. The first was the sign to Jonah, and the other was the sign that Jonah was to the Ninevites. Jesus was greater than both. Jesus was the very kingdom of God come, and he challenged his disciples around him. When they would go out to all the villages and all the people, he told them to share one thing, the kingdom has come. God is here. So he was the kingdom. This finger of God healed the demon-possessed guy, and he could now speak. That's a great sign. The number two truth here that you can see is Jesus is patient with you. He's patient with us. Jesus is incredibly patient because God is patient. He's God in flesh. Second Peter 3.9 says it this way, the Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He's patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Repentance. Jesus is patient with you. He's given us all the signs we need, and now He's going to patiently wait for us to step out in faith. He wants us to see the signs that already exist, which means It'd be healthy if we spend time reading the Bible so that we can see these signs that are already there. I don't know if you've spent a lot of time reading the Bible yet or not, but when you do and you read the same passages, maybe year after year or every other year or whatever Bible reading plan you might grab a hold of out there, you see something different every time. It's like looking at a square that has lots of sides to it, right? And Every time you see a different side of the text, it's continually shocking me that I see different signs in the existing word that has not changed. 
The signs are here. No additional sign will be given to us. We're the ones who need to spend the time to read, and Jesus is going to be patient for us to grow and come and learn and be inspired until we finally experience the revelation that this is the Son of God. Jesus is who He claimed to be, and He's patient enough for us to get to that point that then He allows us to start to turn our lives towards Him. Repentance means He wants everyone to come to repentance, right? Repentance means to turn, to turn. We're going in one way, and the Lord is back here. He wants us to to turn and live life to the full with Him in full view. He blesses our life as we go in our own strengths and gifts, which… So, point three, and again, if you're on the app, you already know this blank is filled in, but those of you with the handheld sheet, all must repent. All must repent. So, back to Jonah. In my in my text here, in the New International Version, it has this little precursor before reading Jonah 3. It says, Jonah was a prophet called to God to preach in the capital city of Assyria, Nineveh. Jonah resisted God's call to preach to his nation's longtime enemy. But after disobeying God and ending up in the belly of a fish, Jonah reluctantly went to Nineveh and found Israel, Israel's enemies responsive to God's message. So it goes in, Jonah 3, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God, a fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, all of them, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let anyone or any do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let them call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? And may yet relent. God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, He relented, did not bring on them the destruction that He had threatened. The sign of Jonah. The sign that Jonah was to those people. One person in a great enough city, it took three days to go through, shouting that they were going to be overthrown in 40 days if they did not repent. And what do they do? They repent, all of them, and their animals. How do you get a cat to repent? Who knows? I'm sure they didn't have them anyway. But you look here, and you're going, this is huge. This huge city, one person being faithful to God, made an incredible impact. So it was the most evil city, right? It was just uh, they, they were doing incredible sin, and that's why they were going to be judged. But what does God call this city? How does God see the worst of sin amongst us? He says it's a great 
city. I mean, do we believe the same for our cities? Do we believe the same for our communities? Even though we might look and go, wow, there's some really bad stuff happening. God sees a great opportunity before us. If we'll just follow him, follow his lead of love and and give people an opportunity to repent, all repented. So God forsook the punishment. So it's interesting, as I was thinking about signs, There's one place in the Bible that could confuse you when you begin to consider a sign from God. Interesting enough, God's foreknowledge of the areas in our life, He did put in the Word of God a place where we are to test Him. And as I began to dive in and look, I was like, wow, there's an area of our faith where it's allowed to demand a sign from God, to test Him. And also an area that's linked to repentance. So as I was studying and I was led here to to Malachi 3, let me read it and then I'll explain. It says, I the Lord do not change, so you the descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty, right? Kind of like the Ninevites. It goes on. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? You ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, God challenges And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops. The vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. Yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord. Man, I... I pray passages like this over our cities. What would it look like to have a thriving downtown Buckley again? What would it look like to have Wilkerson alive? What would it look like to have South Prairie not have an abandoned church building on the main street? What would it look like to bring life that all the people would call God and His people blessed again? What's it going to take? Repentance, right? The same thread is here. Repentance. The only place in the entire Scripture we're given the opportunity to demand a sign from God is in the area of our finances. So I want to challenge you. If you need a sign from God beyond the Word, there's only one place it's allowed, and that is in our finances. The word tithe means 10%, and they were bringing or not bringing that to God. They were deciding themselves where it would go. And and he's like, no, 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 bring it to the storehouse that God can be the feeder of the people, the source of blessing to the community. And God had foreknowledge that the greatest struggle and area of us literally surrendering and overcoming our fears in our life is going to be the area of our finances. It's a challenge. But he said he was going to bless us. In this day, that would be more fruit growing on trees, more vegetables growing in the ground. Now when we think of tangible blessing, we think of like 
money in a bank. But what if it's finally having children? What if it's our house not flooding when we're on vacation? What if that's what he's talking about here? We can't think of just like, well, man, I'm going to get a $10,000 a month raise. Yes, you know, it's not what's promised or guaranteed. But what is promised is blessing that we, the giver, can identify. Worship team, you can head on up. It's going to be blessing that we can identify. So what Open Life did a while back, and I'll share it with you. We usually share it at Open Life 101, is we put in place a 90-day tithe challenge for those who need to just test God. They need a sign from God. We said, here's the deal. God doesn't put a timeline on His blessings, so this is totally just us doing it, right? But if you, if you want to take the 90-day tithe challenge, you could read about it on the website or on the Give tab of the app, then you can see God tangibly bless you. Just sign up. Let us know you're doing it. Give for 90 days, 10%, and if you feel like God hasn't blessed you, we'll give you a 100% refund. Now, we've never had anybody get a refund. You could be the first. That's fine. What we want is for you to follow Jesus. We want you to obey God. We want you to find yourself in a place where you could say, Jesus is Lord, and He has blessed me. If you need a sign, the only place that you can demand one of God is in the area of your finances. I think Jesus is sign enough, though. The kingdom of God is here. He holds the key to all blessing life could bring. The same power at work in the day Jesus was walking and challenging these disciples and religious leaders as they tested him, that same power is at work. Same truth is in action today. And I want to give you an opportunity to step into blessing. So for you, that might be overcoming fear. This is where the back of your connection card kicks in or the bottom of it if you're filling it out on the app. This is, you, you, you have the opportunity to let go of fear, all the fears that would lead to your giving into the temptation of demanding a sign of Jesus that's not scriptural. Or maybe for you it's repenting because um, you've been doing life your own way and you want to try God's way. You want to follow Jesus wherever He leads overcoming your fears. Or to you, this might be the moment where it's very natural for you to take action, to take a 90-day challenge that would allow you not just to automate the important, but discover the true opportunity God provides to be blessed. Whatever response fits you, maybe another, God might have spoke something totally different to you today. Our goal is that you've experienced Him and you choose in faith to step out and follow. We need no other signs than He's given us already in His Word. He's Lord, and we should pursue Him. Can I pray for you today? God, I thank You for every person that was able to make it. And Valentine's, celebrations galore, sweetheart dances, father-daughter dates, father-son, mother-son. It's a great weekend of celebration of love. But man, there's no greater love than you sending your son to be a visible, physical, face-to-face illustration of love. 
to take our sin upon himself, to go in faith all the way to the cross, to give his life there and raise three days later from the grave is astonishing, but yet we now have the opportunity in faith to follow you without the signs beyond what's in the Word of God and have the promise of eternal life, have the promise of blessing in our present age. All we have to do is put our faith in you and then follow as you challenge us to take steps of obedience. So, God, we surrender to you today. Maybe someone for the first time is saying, I choose to follow Jesus. I need to to follow him and step out of my fears and into faith. Others today that need to repent of doing life on their own and in their own strength and making all the choices. Instead, they're making a commitment today to follow you and, and not demand anything else but Jesus. And God, maybe for us, we've been just waiting for all the wrong type of signs, and you give us one promise that you'll bless us and open up floodgate of blessing if we'll just step out in faith to you. I pray if somebody needs to step out in the area of their finances, they would do it today, that they would be a blessing to you, and they would see the physical, tangible blessing that you provide into their life as well. Whatever response we need, Lord, move right now as we reflect So worship team sings, wake us up to what you have for us, and may we step out in faith. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions about anything you heard during this talk or have a prayer request, you can fill out the connection card on our app or online at livinglifeopen.com. If you'd like to join the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can do this quickly and securely through the app by pressing the Give button at the bottom or on our website by clicking on the Giving tab. Open Life wouldn't exist without the consistent and generous giving of people like you. Finally, it's great that you had the chance to listen on the app, online, or through our podcast. But have you ever thought about joining us for a service? We meet every Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School at 10 a.m. This way you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing through your ears. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week.